Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What a Sunday we've got for you. Glad to have you with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get George Reister on Twitter. At George Reister, you can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. You just heard the voice of Ralph Irvin, and I want to point out that Ralph is going to keep us up to date of what is happening at Euro 2020. Don Brown, today's technical producer, is going to have the breaking news sounder ready. If we get a goal in this extra time that we have, Ralph is going to bring us the latest. So, as he said, Italy and England about to play an extra time in Euro 2020. If we have a winner, which we may have in 30 minutes or so, Ralph Irvin will bring that to us as well. But so much to get to. Conor McGregor, George, was not a winner last night in the Octagon. Hold hold, hold on. I need to say something about Euro, Euro 2020. Oh, okay. First thing is that I am praying that there are either no goals in this next 30 minutes or an equal amount of goals for each team. Because that means we go to penalty kicks. 
And and tr- truthfully, I don't even think that they should do the overtime. I think that they should go straight to penalty kicks after after the regulation. They've already played 97 minutes. I want the penalty kicks. I know that everybody that there's a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, that's not how games should be decided. No, I think that that's the optimal way for games to be decided Dan. Because it's more chance. It, it's more dramatic. Well, like, I it's think- it's it's not just like no nobody just wants to time to run out. This is when they barely score already anyway in soccer. So to to add thirty minutes of uh, to for it to end on penalty kicks is oh god I love it I love it when it happens in hockey I love it when it happens in soccer it's my favorite thing. Well, I tell you what, for the European Championship and for other championships. To me, I, 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 yeah, it's exciting, but I think you need the extra 30 minutes. What I do like about the extra time, unlike, say, in the NFL, when a touchdown is scored, it is not sudden death. You, yeah. If you score a goal, you're still going to play the full 30 minutes of extra time, which then provides for more drama. Like, if you just had a game-winning goal, maybe that would have a, a great be a great spectacle, but I don't know if it's the greatest way to decide, and I still think that you can get exciting soccer after that if there yeah, is a goal scored, so I like I like that portion of it, but I that's I one would, thing soccer does right. Is yeah, that, yeah, is that you get the chance to continue to, to to play because that creates a new sense of urgency for the next few few minutes, which is pretty awesome. The NFL rule in overtime of the regular season has made it so difficult now with only ten minutes in in a session to really get any flow. It's basically each team gets one possession, and then if there's enough time on the clock. For another team to get a possession, then they will just end up uh, milking the clock if they can get a field goal and move on. Or if not, you just get a tie. NFL overtime is a mess. At least they do it how they do it uh, with soccer is great. It is a great way, but I'm not with George and going immediately to penalty kicks. I still think you need this 30 minutes of extra time. Um, oh. Kind of... Go ahead. Oh, some, you can have the last and, word. And the, the last thing about soccer, even in the cups, though is when sometimes you you watch soccer players they they would die in a pillow fight like that they would actually die in a pillow fight like some of some of these dudes the way they fall on fall on the ground i need them to be a a little more tougher <laughs> that's 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 a history of the game that's uh that's a long standing tradition in the world of football all right let's get to conor mcgregor last night yes did you buy the fight of course I bought the fight. I knew you did. I knew you did. I knew you did. What do you mean? I knew take, you did. Take my I honestly money. don't know if you know that I'm setting you up for the question or or if you actually think that I was questioning whether no, you did No, no, no. I, I so. knew you knew that I bought the, bought, bought the fight. And especially if you saw my Twitter, too, you knew I bought it. I, dude, when, when it is fights where there is controversy or drama and you have these polarizing figures – you might as well just take my money. Like like you you already know. That that that's like if Mike Tyson ends up fighting Logan Paul, I, I will I will pre pre buy it that way it's cheaper. <laughs> oh man, that's that's uh, your heads up. And you're you are I don't want to say that you're a sucker. Uh, I think that you're committed. But last night did you feel you got your money's worth? Yeah. You did. You you Absolutely. felt that 
that that uh, take away anything that happened in any of the the previous fights that may have come on the pay-per-view card, you felt that the ankle injury to Conor McGregor was worth paying. How much How much was it, by the way? I'm, uh, six, no, 59, 59 Okay, bucks. so 60 bucks, 60 bucks. Yeah. You felt it was worth 60 bucks to watch not even a round of oh. the main event. <clears throat> see, see, the, the, that's the, as a boxing fan or a, or a fighting fan, you buy a this is why the whole card is important is because you get a chance to because anything can can happen in the uh last set of fights when 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 Usman was fighting none, none of the fights except for one got past the first round and they were and it was worth it, <laughs> it it's just the expectation that you know that these fights can end early the undercard was was amazing seeing greg greg hardy lose and get knocked out is probably one of my one of my sure. favorite things to watch and then connor like the the cool part about it though is it mean it sucks that we didn't get a resolution but after he broke his broke his ankle, I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm I'm buying Poirier, uh, um, uh, McGregor four. I, I already knew at that point point in time they got another sixty bucks out of me. Yeah, but you're gonna, you're going to buy a majority of these, and I, and I think that fight fans are right there with you. I readily admit I am not an MMA guy by any means. I wouldn't know the number uh, of the next UFC fight if we were like midway between bouts. I know it was two sixty four last night because it happened last night. But I am not that guy. I'm the same way with boxing. I've never been, never been a combat sports type of guy. But that also then I think is reflected in my pay per view purchases, George. Where I even joked with Doug Gottlieb on, on on the Doug Gottlieb show late in the week when uh, maybe it was with you on Thursday. All the days blend in, but I was going to watch the stream of it illegally. That's what. That's what. <laughs> find it on Twitter. Somebody's got their camera or they got their phone in front of the TV. That's how I'm going to watch. But this is the deal with pay-per-view, and this is what I want to hear from the listener out there. Are you like George or are you like me? 877-99-FOX, 877-996-6369. It reminds me of when you win 100 bucks on a slot machine at a casino or maybe a scratch-off ticket because it's a complete lottery. It's, a yeah. complete, it's chance on what you're going to get for the bout. And you hit if you pay, buy a good pay per view, that means that you hit on the one hundred dollars. So now you're sucked into maybe buying four or five more pay per views. In the end, you've lost the hundred dollars that you ended up winning on the slot machine or scratcher because you've just paid two hundred dollars to watch fights that weren't worth it. And that's okay. the thing to me of like that it's so randomly. And, and I'll say this: I think Conor McGregor is an exception because of the spectacle and who he is. But I do think that in a lot of these, and, and maybe boxing is more so than what you get in MMA if you're not satisfied with the first-round knockout, I just don't know if you're always getting your, your bang for your buck when you're ordering these, and I think you sometimes come out more behind than you do oh, ahead. Well, see, I don't order all of them. I order people that I there are certain boxers and certain MMA guys that I love watching fight. Like if you if you put Kamaru Usman on on the pay per view, I'm buying it. Especially if you put a good undercard on there or co main event, which which Dana White and the UFC usually do a pretty good job of doing of doing that. And that I think that that's where you actually get people to 
by pay-per-view it's not just for the main card and the main event i think that you actually have to give them good fights as 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 well for name brand people and one of those guys is like like greg greg hardy has become a polar a polarizing figure right Mm -hmm. that there there are some people that are like yo i wanna I, i i wanna see him i mean i would imagine he has some some fans right but how many people the majority of people do you think that they were more excited to see greg greg hardy lose and and felt like whoo whoo that's cool or do you think that they were uh you know disappointed in the outcome of that fight yeah i no i think a lot a lot of people a vast majority of people love seeing greg hardy get knocked out yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, that, and 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 so that's that's part of the reason why you don't feel uh, upset and then and and then with with Connor though, right? Because my I was watching it, and my and and my wife was watching too, and she was like, "George, why do you care if Connor wins or loses?" And I was like, "Because he matters." I was mm-hmm. like, "This is good for this is good for work." If he if he, <laughs> if if he wins, like there's something to talk about. And she was like, "Well, how about Poirier?" I was like, "Listen, if Poirier wins, we're not going to talk about this for more than you know, like, you know, like a day." And then, and then after that that day, we don't get any more MMA talk. I was like, "It matters. Like, you you have to be at a point to where like people care about what you're doing." And and then she was like, "Well, a- after the fight." She heard the post game interviews and she was like, "Oh my God, I love Poirier. He's such a good guy. He, he seems like a nice man. Blah blah blah. Why don't you cheer for him?" I was like, "He's not entertaining. Nobody cares." <laughs> well, you know, hey, you brought her in, so maybe that's the point that and one of the points that I was going to make is I think fight fans are are going to order the fights. I think that's always going to happen, and and I'm not. Uh, and, and by the way. Just because I'm a boxing guy or an MMA guy is does not mean I am hating on those sports. There are plenty of sports that I love that people can't stand, and I'm totally fine with that as well. My whole point, though, is I just think it's risky. Like, as someone who would, you know, would love to see Conor McGregor uh, enter into the ring, uh, wonder what he says on the mic, he delivered in all of that. And so so there's another aspect of of just seeing Conor McGregor was it worth the 60 bucks but when you take a step back and say the main event ended in the first round because of a broken ankle I don't know how fulfilling that is and and I think I just think that pay-per-views are risky and and yeah. and, and, and and that's the thing of like for maybe every one great one I'm not sure how great the other ones are to justify what you paid. Like, if you paid 60 bucks and had a great fight, you probably feel like you came out way ahead. But I just don't know how many times you feel that, whether it comes to boxing or no, whether it comes to at MMA. Last, uh, last night, I don't think I necessarily got my quote-unquote money's worth b- because the fight ended the, the the way it did. But at least I got a little bit of drama. Like, the the first round was interesting, and then it sucks the way it ends the way it end, ended. Okay, if that... If that had been a thirty nine ninety nine fight, a forty dollar fight, I'd have been like, "Oh wow!" Like that, nobody would have even, I don't think, brought it up mm-hmm. or even talked about it. But but, but once you cross that fifty thresh, threshold, that that's enough to where you're like, ah, "I don't know about that." You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where 
And you you do have to have fighters actually per- perform because it's not only an injury that can that can stop a fight. It's also just being boring. Like sometimes you watch a fight and you're just like, God, I'm bored to tears. And that's and part of that is why you should only buy pay-per-views of guys who you feel are very inter- entertaining. So like what what would you pay money to see? Would you would, would you buy a pay-per-view for Euro 2020? Uh no. No, I would not. It, what it, would you it, pay pay would you would you pay pay-per-view to 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 watch the NBA Finals game game 3 tonight? Yes, yes I would. How much would you pay? Uh I I would pay you know, fifty bucks. I'd I'd probably pay a hundred bucks being a Bucks fan. If okay, was, if, if it was the Suns and Hawks, I would probably not pay more than twenty bucks. Okay, if the if the Bucks lose game game three, how much would you pay to see game four? <laughs> I still would pay it reluctantly. I still would end up paying until it ended up being over. But if it was the Suns and Hawks, I would not order that game. And of course, taking out the profession that we are in and where you want to watch games and stuff like that, you know that would be that would have to be out of the equation. If I was a casual fan, if it was Suns and Hawks with the Suns up three zero, I would not order a game four. Okay, well, would, th- well, that makes me wonder if other people felt like they got their money's worth. Yeah, and that's why I bring up the question. And there's also a dirty little secret when it comes to pay per view with the NBA. We'll reveal that. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Are you all about the pay-per-view or are you done with it? 877-99-ON-FOX. That's 877-996-6369. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can find George on Twitter at George Reister. Euro 2020 still tied up at one as they play in the 104th minute. There they are in extra time. The dirty little secret when it comes to a major sports league and pay-per-view. That next on Fox Sports Sunday. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Is pay-per-view for you? That's the question. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Ralph Irvin will have an update at the bottom of the hour of what's going on. Again, if there's a goal that happens in the Euro 2020 final between Italy and England, we're going to have breaking news, and Ralph's going to let us know what's happening. But right now, 1-1 in the 106th minute. Uh, George and I were talking about pay-per-view on the heels of UFC 264 last night. Conor McGregor uh, snaps his ankle in the first round of his bout, which made me question, all right, is it really worth it? And 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 you can even look at a larger larger picture as well when it comes to pay per view, and we'll do that in a second. Eight seven seven nine nine on Fox. It's eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Corey's in Madison, Wisconsin, joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, Corey, what's going on? Uh, not much. Just traveling, listening to your show. First, I want to say ten seventy Madison, Wisconsin. Love it. It's the only thing I listen to. Yes, uh, that's where just, I used yeah. to work, Corey. You know? Do you know that? I used to work there a long time ago. Okay, well, you know, uh, whatever we have to choose on the radio stations just never trump you guys. So I love it, uh, the dialogue, different discourse. Hey, on the pay-per-view, I've been watching MMA and boxing for the last 45 years. I'm not big into the fanfare of the um, entertainment, as it were, like when Dana gets the two guys up in front uh, to weigh in. It's like dang great meat. It's just it's too much show. Uh, almost a put, it's almost like put on. I, I, I just want to watch... What I wanted to watch is the sports. Pay-per-view, um, 
Yeah, I really doubt, never dabbled into it. I've been to a few places that were putting it on. I just never viewed the money worth it for the reasons you guys said uh, or whoever said. You know, uh, most of it's sure. the, the hype up up until – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like there's you are along with me in, in having it worth it. And I think that uh, – George, I think, and Corey, you appreciate the call. I think that the, the, the point that Corey makes is he's been a fight fan, and he doesn't necessarily like the spectacle – that it turns into, which is something that I had never thought because I thought maybe the spectacle is what is supposed to bring people in, but he had an entirely different perspective when it came to it. Yeah, I get that. I but isn't but if you pay for a pay per view event, it's supposed to be a spectacle, right? You're supposed yeah. to have all the announcers there, all the big time people, the celebrities, the everything. Like that makes like that's the thing that makes it like that that makes it that much more of a draw and why people want to be there in person because it's the place to be. I think that that's the thing that makes it pretty pretty cool is that is that when when it's the when it's the happening spot and that's people in life they never want to just miss out on something. Harry. And yeah, and, and and if they're there, then they don't have to miss out on anything. Harry tweets in, I buy my Sooners football on pay-per-view so he can watch four quarters of football. That's worth 60 bucks. Uh, it's not worth it to see an MMA, uh, boxing, or UFC fight go maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Put see, hashtag I, Team Dan. So I am all oh for that. Oh, Lord. But, but that's, that's the point. Like, see, I, I can't see – it would not make sense to me. I know that this is going to sound backwards. It doesn't make sense to me to – pay 60 bucks to watch a, a college football game. I would not. I love my Oregon Ducks, but like the expectation is that that's free or that it's included in my basic package. If they put bowl games on pay-per-view, I'd be like, okay, cool. I get it. It's a, it's a premium product, blah, blah, blah. But for the is regular it? season, I, I, I can't 60 bucks. I no, 20, 20 bucks? Yeah, they got me at twenty. Sixty? Nah, that's excessive. Yeah, I, I would, I would, if I would pay sixty bucks to watch an Ohio State game. But the difficult about college football. Wait George, till you uh, just, just. I hope you have to pay sixty bucks to watch Oregon well, beat Ohio State the, in, well, in not, sixty not, days. We're, we're not going to have to pay sixty dollars to do that. But the difficult thing about college football, I think, is. We've watched most of the games that we've had them delivered to our TV for free, right? I, I mean, maybe the Big Ten Network or or the SEC Network, if you had to add it to your cable package, that was an additional cost so you could see your school play on those networks. But we have always, uh, a lot of the times, been able, if you're, if you're cheering for your, your, your home school team, your hometown team, you have that game on, and it's been there for you to add. It's just basically been the new networks, and that's that's the difficult thing about it is where I think you'd be used to watching the games for free, whereas pay-per-view boxing bouts, they've always been that way. Like, like the, 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 you know, the biggest bouts were always yeah. going to be pay-per-view. Yeah, ever since Tyson. Yes, yes, and that that's the, that's the difficult thing about it. Now, me, for someone who's not living in the market, living on the West Coast and in the Midwest – I I ordered the NBA League Pass for a few years so I could watch Bucks games because it was the only way to do it. You're you're in 
$200 to watch every single game. Granted, you get it, you get all the games, but you're basically buying it for just one team. And the difficult, the, the dirty little secret that I was teasing, George, is the NBA has you on the hook for $200 a year when their players and teams have shown that they really don't care about the regular season. Oh, dude, the, but, the, but the worst part about League Pass, to be honest, is sometimes when you get blacked out games. That's that's Oh yeah, the yeah. It's it it's not beneficial. It it, it really well, isn't. Now I would well, I would the NFL with the with the Sunday ticket, what, three hundred bucks if you buy it for the TV. I know there are different rates if you put it on a tablet or if you, you do it through Oh maybe I'm a gaming I'm device. all in on that. And it's probably going to to Apple now instead of direct TV. So like dude, account I'm I'm always 100% in on on that because like it, it's the scarcity of football. Like you only get so much of it. And in basketball, I don't buy the league pass because I'm a Lakers fan. Right. And I live in Los Angeles, so I don't need a premium product to be able to watch the games. The other issue though, is that, if I were a fan of another team like like you, I would probably buy the league pass. So as a Lakers fan and as a basketball fan in general, I get good games, obviously because the Lakers, and then you get the TNT games and the and the mm-hmm. uh, and NBA the weekend TV eight, or ESPN, yeah, yeah, any of those, yeah, and and those are going to be with the biggest stars in the league that you want to see too. So I never get a chance to, I never miss the best players in the game. I just I I just have a tough time. I really just have a tough time if you're going to pay $300 to watch every single NFL game, that would be what? 5 to 7 UFC fights. Yeah, when you put it into that perspective. And I know there's the Sunday the games are free, but to be able to watch all the other 11 ones like there's like to me now the NFL Sunday ticket seems like an absolute bargain when you compare it to the the UFC fights or the boxing fights. And That's I will actually also pretty say, reasonable with what, but with with what pay per view was before MMA exploded, it was basically just a few good boxing matches throughout the year, right? Three, yeah. maybe four, and maybe you'd order one or two of them. Maybe you wouldn't order everyone. But now with so many pay-per-view MMA bouts, what, one every month, basically? Yep. one a month. Yeah, so now you got 12 of those. You got various different boxing ones. To be able to, you know, to, to want to buy all that just to me doesn't necessarily make it a, a, a smart purchase. And to me, it's just it's, it's too much and to, to get that. You're not getting a classic UFC event every single event. And for fight fans, I understand. Like, there's you're going to watch it no matter what, just like I would with with football or or a golf tournament. I mean, I'd, you know, I'd pay a hundred bucks a round to watch the Masters. Like, it, truly, it would. I wouldn't even think about it. It just around. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, for the for the Masters for sure. But it's just the point of is it really like? Did you feel fulfilled? Like last night, I just don't know. Even with the spectacle of Conor McGregor, if you really felt fulfilled when you uh, made that purchase. 
It's tough. It's 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 just tough for me to get past. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is a Fox Sports Sunday. I want to make one other point before we wrap this up about pay per views. And if you got anything to add, feel free to do so. Eight seven seven nine nine on Fox. It's eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Let's go to the news desk. Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's going on in Euro twenty twenty. What's happening, Ralph? Well, they just kicked off the one hundred sixteenth minute of action. They are in extra time at Wembley Stadium, and right now Italy and England still in a one-all draw about uh, five minutes plus stoppage time before this one would go to penalties so we will see if uh, somebody steps up late to make a massive goal in this match now about a 13 mile drive from Wembley Stadium you'll find the All England Lawn Tennis Club and that's where Novak Djokovic made history earlier today earning his 20th career major victory in a four set win over Matteo Berrettini it's his third straight Wimbledon title sixth of his career now on the Major League Baseball scoreboard Oakland, a 4-1 win over Texas. Matt Olson, two home runs. In fact, the A's only had six hits. Four of them were solo home runs as they get the victory. The White Sox in 10 inning 7-5 over Baltimore. Adam Engel, a three-run bomb there. Cincinnati and Milwaukee are tied at one in the top of the ninth inning, while the Yankees trying to close out Houston, New York, with a 7-2 advantage in the bottom of the ninth. Minnesota with a four-run seventh, a two-run eighth, and an 8-5 lead over for Detroit. They are in the eighth inning of action. But now we'll send it back. It's Dan Byer and the guy who probably likes WWE because of all the uh, frivolity. <laughs> that would be George Reister. You know. Can uh, you ahead. smell? <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. He, he may smell what The Rock is cooking, but Ralph Irvin can also read minds. Because my point was going to be I follow, I have enough friends who are wrestling fans. It is Fox Sports Sunday, by the way. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. I have enough friends who are wrestling fans that they will come after a pay-per-view and say, that was great, that was not good, that storyline was awful. Like, there's, even in a scripted pay-per-view event, you aren't guaranteed great results correct so like you would think like that that to me tells me all i need to know about is it worth spending the money when it comes to boxing or constant ufc ufc fights i just don't think you're going to get your value for the one time it's going to be there because even in the scripted events when they are telling you what is going to happen the story isn't good enough for some when you pay for that amount. So that kind of tells me all that I need to know on whether pay-per-views are truly, truly worth it. I get if you paid it because it's Conor McGregor and he's the biggest name in, in MMA. I don't fault you one bit. I just don't understand the constant doing of it. And in, when it comes to boxing, you know, I ordered some Tyson fights when I was younger, uh, some Mayweather flights, ordered Mayweather-McGregor just because of the spectacle that it was. But I just don't see ordering every single fight whether it be an MMA or a boxing match, and I just don't think that you get the value by constantly ordering those. Well, I, I, I do think that you get the value. I think that it, it depends. And, and, and you brought up wrestling, right? Is that, and you said that people still aren't necessarily happy with the pay-per-view events and with the, um, and with, the way that the script goes. And and I think that that's par for the, the the course, but if people feel like they generally get their their value, then that's then that's all that you can ask for cuz everybody's not going to be happy all the time. 
But those those are those are hey, you're going to win the match. Like it's already de- decided, and you still people aren't happy. That's just that's the takeaway that I get from it. That even if you can if you could set up the outcome, you're 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 dissatisfied. Now you could have said last night McGregor wins in a five round bloodbath and and bounces off the cage and. Yeah, you know, whatever, and set it up, and yeah, it's awesome. But even, even in wrestling circumstances, when it's you know when it's laid out for you, and the script has already been determined, there are times where you aren't necessarily fulfilled, and you don't think that you get the bang for your buck. Now imagine when it's not scripted and all the things that could go wrong. Yeah, you get some great ones every now and then. Yeah, but you but get I think they're drama few and far between. Like 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 there's drama and and expectation, right? Like like for instance, the NBA. How we brought up would we pay for the the game three tonight? So the NBA just got a little more dramatic today. We found out that Scott Foster is <laughs> is uh, the the crew chief for game three, all but ensuring that the Bucks get get a win. So now the NBA has pulled out every stop to to help the Bucks to make sure that the finals goes goes longer. And now that's really added that- to the drama and intrigue. I, I don't think that there's going to be one extra person watching because Scott Foster is roughing. Um, no, it's, I, I, it's, I, it's 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 not necessarily too deep. It's not necessarily will they be watching. It's now added to the drama, intrigue, and the and the way that you watch. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's added to that because because now whenever Scott Foster does something, people are going to be hypercritical of it. They're going to be like, oh, oh. There he is acting up again. I it is a storyline. I don't know anybody who would shell out fifty bucks because now they found out that he was that he was officiating. It does add. It does. But he he was also on the list of officials when you found out who was going to be referees in the NBA Finals. It's just a matter of time. You didn't know which game he was going to end up getting or games, and he ends up getting. Oh game oh! Three. After he didn't get the first two games, you knew it wasn't going to be game four. You knew it was going to be game three with the uh, history because that's the only way that the series can now get interesting. Because oh, if, 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 if you bring him back, if you bring him in when the series is three zero, you're like, okay, well, well it's. This this game's a throwaway. But now this is a game that can actually make the series interesting and make fans be like, oh wow, the Bucks can actually win. But the Bucks are going down 3-0 today. It was so it know. was yeah, no, they 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 won't. They they were gonna win game three, even if Scott Foster wasn't the official. Oh my that's, god, do we need to make another true. bet? <laughs> He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. No, I'm not making a bet on anything that we talk about on the show. That is not going to happen. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can <laughs> find you me on Twitter about? at Dan Beyer on Fox. You are so deep in the hole that you need to pay off your bets first before we make any. You more know, bets. I have my, my 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 track record is good. All you got to do is go out <laughs> to go eat. It's on you. Oh. When whenever you want to go out to eat, it's up to you. I'm not going. All you have to do is go, and it's paid for. <laughs> what else do you want me to do? How uh, else can I pay up for you? Maybe maybe we could make a bet on the Raiders' win total for 2021. Or nah, we could have, I, want, we could, I want this game tonight, Dan. We, we, could, we could have made one for 2020 because apparently the Raiders should have won more games than they lost. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Who feels that the Raiders should have been a 12-win team last year? We'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Sunday. 
What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion, and I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who's ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. They are going to PK's. In the Euro 2020 final, England and Italy tied up at one apiece. We'll keep you updated of what is happening in this uh, penalty kick shootout. In the meantime, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has had a lot to say this offseason. There was recently the hopes of maybe teaming up with Devontae Adams, having the Raiders and Packers meet in the Super Bowl, and then Adams will become a free agent and then sign on with the Raiders, and those two can be reunited after playing at Fresno State. Also said he didn't think that he was the quarterback that Tom Brady was referring to in the shop on HBO. But Derek Carr also said this, George, when it came to last year's 8-8 eight and eight record. In speaking on the brother from another show, this is how Derek Carr looked back at the 2020 season. You got some weapons. Yep. You got some weapons. And it's like we've been waiting just for the Raiders to take that next yes. step. Yes. Like, how close do you feel like you guys are to taking that next step in contending? Well, I mean, we had, we had, we're three or four plays away from having 12 or 11 wins. Like, literally three play. And it's like, we're so close. When you look back what? at the Raiders' 8-8 eight eight season, what? did you look back and say, man, this team was, was three or four plays away from being one of the best in the AFC? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I, okay. Dude, you need to catch your breath a little bit. Loves you want somebody to love you as much as Derek Carr as he loves the Raiders. So their wins were against were at Carolina in the beginning of the season, and then uh, then they beat the Saints, lost to New England, Buffalo, beat Kansas City surprisingly, then lost to the Buccaneers, and then they beat the Browns, Chargers, and Broncos. Right. And then they kind of fell apart at the end of the season against playoff teams, basically. And well, that's no. And don't forget the Jets game when Greg yep. Williams called the all-out blitz, and then the Raiders were able to score on one of the worst defensive plays. Oh yeah, and then win the game. So you want to talk about three or four plays? It reminds me of my golf game when I say, man, I, if, I, if I just wouldn't have three-putted on five and if I wouldn't have shanked that shot on eight and if, I wouldn't have, if the ball wouldn't have gone into the, into the pond on 11, I probably could have broken 80. Like, like yeah. So does he realize, what, did, did, did he watch the, the Raiders' defense last year? Nothing about their defense said, ooh, ooh, here's a championship team. Nothing about it said that. It, it it's just bewildering and befuddling <laughs> how like like he remembers the season through rose colored glasses, yeah. and, and then they lost all five of their starting offensive linemen this year. They have no offensive well, linemen coming coming back, and Colt he's like, Mil- "Yep, well, it- we were just three plays away. This is a whole new season, homeboy." You do have Colton Miller. 
uh, back for the for the oh, Raiders. Yeah, yeah, so 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 he's he's going to be back. But yeah, I mean, like there for the four of the five. Yeah, I apologize. Gabe, Gabe Jackson ended up going to Seattle, and uh, was it Rodney Hudson went to Arizona? So there were there were there were th- there are changes on that line. But you know, Derek Carr may be the eternal optimist. By the way, at in the kickout. Uh, Italy missed their second penalty kick. So they're in the midst of their third PKs, tied up at two. England, uh, if you will, maybe at an advantage right now. But if England kicks out, they <laughs> scores on the way out for the next three, they will win Euro 2020. I get Derek Carr being the eternal optimist and believing in his team. But you just can't sell me that sort of crap. Not when we can easily go back and say, okay, maybe if Ryan, you know, Fitzpatrick didn't have his face mask, uh, you know, almost ripped off of his, you know, head and still completed the pass, by the way. But maybe if those things don't happen in a game against the Dolphins, but that's the NFL. Like, like things even out. You have the Jets game because maybe you had the Dolphins game. Like, those are, those are the things that even out. England, by the way, just missed their penalty kick. So now each team has had three they've made two in the euro 2020 i i get being i i get being optimistic and liking where your team is but when you look back i just don't think that you can sell us that sort of crap because we could just easily go and be like all right that's not true you're not that close and then you open yourself up to more criticism that's what Derek Carr's ended up doing you are 100 percent right about that it, it it's just like what about the Raiders in the last I, I, I get that last year that they were eight and eight, which was which was an improvement because in twenty nineteen this team wasn't wasn't as good. So uh like it's I think that people sometimes that they mistake improvement from actual like gaining ground if that if uh, that makes sense sure like like sometimes they like you will have a a better result but that's because of the circumstances who you played there's timing last year there was covid there was people sitting out all sorts of stuff so i'm i'm just not buying that this team was significantly better the toughest thing about the raiders and i do think that Derek carr at times does get a bad rap or does have uh, maybe is is put under a spotlight that is maybe a little too intense, uh, a little too intense. By the way, Italy converted their fourth PK. England did not. So if the Italians convert on their last one, Italy will win Euro 2020. The problem with the Raiders is this. This is a team that was good enough to go to Kansas City and go to Cleveland and win game and win games. We talk about Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl. Cleveland makes it to the divisional playoffs in the AFC. They went on the road and won those games. Yet when you have games where you let one slip away like you did against the Dolphins or the Chargers come in and, and, and beat you in a bit of a shootout in overtime, that's the toughest part about the Raiders is, yeah, they could be great. They're not three or four plays away. What you should say is, if we're good enough to beat Kansas City, then we've got to sweep the Chargers. We've got to be able to to win in L.A., which they did, but also not allow them to come to Las Vegas and beat us. And that's the most difficult thing I think I get with the Raiders is for as good as they can be in certain games, they're just as bad maybe in others. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. He's George 
He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. <laughs> and Italy was inches away from winning Euro 2020 <laughs> on their fifth penalty kick. However, it looked like the ball deflected off the goalie's hand and then hit the goalpost on the side and stayed out. So England now has an opportunity. They, they need to make this, though, to extend the the match to sudden death penalty kicks. Hopefully they could do it within the next 30 seconds because we are going to step away for a little bit, but it's all on the line. England is going to need this to win Euro 2020. He's George Reister. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And it is over. Italy has won Euro 2020, winning on penalty kicks 3-2 over England. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, uh, Italians going crazy on their Euro 2020 victory and heartbreak for England. Penalty kicks, and it went down to the final one. Italy, as you heard, survives. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Byer, it lived up to your billing, George. This is what you wanted. You wanted penalty kicks. You wanted the drama, and that's what we got in the Euro 2020 final. Yeah, that that was that was awesome. That was everything that you want. Like you 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 got 127 minutes of actually no you you actually got 130 minutes because you had seven minutes of injury time during the first 90 minutes and then you had another three minutes in the second 30 minutes. So you actually got 130 minutes of of football of soccer football. And and so I hope that you can explain this to me, Dan, because I put it out on Twitter. I haven't gotten enough responses yet because I literally just tweeted it out. But look at my um, world. (laughs) So so I have a a a few people have responded. And so the, the thing I said is, can somebody explain the magnitude of Euro 2020 to me like I'm an American? Is this the Super Bowl? Or is this something else because other events like the World Cup and UEFA seem seem bigger? And somebody tweeted back. They said, it's a huge deal. Only the World Cup is bigger. And it's the soccer Super Bowl, but once every four years. So, well, yeah, that, that's the World Cup, though. I mean, yeah, but I was like, you know, Euro, Euro happens every year, right? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. No, it doesn't. It happens actually in the um, uh, even... Well, what was the even off years of of the World Cup? So the World Cup, you know, so it's so it's supposed to be. So it's so it's every so it's two years after the World Cup, but this didn't take place last year because correct. of COVID. Yes, yeah. So Euro twenty sixteen and Euro twenty twenty, and the World Cup was twenty eighteen and twenty twenty two. So that's how it happens, and it's the same thing with uh, I, I believe the Copa America as well. So this is so you get these in the in in, be, in between the World Cup years, but it's difficult because there isn't an equivalent of of like there's there isn't a separate NFL championship where you would have the Buccaneers and Chiefs be playing. You know what I mean? Like I I actually the way that I would characterize it as a football fan 
is that this is the college football national championship and that the World Cup would be the Super Bowl. Okay. Does that okay. sound, you know, where it's where it's it's right? I mean, it's up there. It's must-watch TV. You're watching the best of the best, but it's not. Yeah, because... but it's only your Europe. So, so it, I mean, so how can it be the national championship if if America's not playing? No, no, I'm joking because I because I, I know that we didn't even qualify for the World Cup. But, but I was joking. Uh, but but without Brazil and you know yeah they play in their uh, old other in, South in their American own. United countries. States is playing in the in, in the Gold Cup that uh, they're they're playing tonight. It's it's I would just put this championship though of if you were to take the greatest football championships and try to rank them in football. I think uh, you would have Super Bowl number one. I mean, maybe maybe you want to say NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game. Maybe that would be it. But obviously, if you're England, you're Italy, you would love to win the World Cup first. But if you could take the consolation prize and you couldn't, you'd want to win Euro 2020. Okay, okay. But but the Euro, obviously, or the, European the World Cup is what you want. Yeah, correct. Okay. As you said, it's only the European countries. Just uh, that's that that's all that's included. And yeah, that's why, why I, was like, America I was like, I was like, South America. I was like, we got Copa, you, 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 UEFA, the uh, um, uh, the the World Cup. I was like, how many championships can we act like this about? That was the thing that I was in there because they were acting like the the players were rejoicing, like that this was one of the biggest wins of their life and the players that lost like one of the biggest de- de- defeats of their life. So, but then I was like, but didn't, but so, don't I see other championships that seem like that? I was like, are, are there too many or are they way too excited? No, it's just, it's, it's separate. Like the CONCACAF gold cup is going to feature the Americas, uh, you know, United States, Mexico, uh, Canada, those countries are going to compete for the Gold Cup that just got underway yesterday. Copa America had those uh, South American countries end up playing uh, in their own competition. UEFA is the uh, European Football Association, so that's where th- th- it's just all Europe and th- with with the continent. So you can't you can't call it the Super Bowl because not all countries are able to play in it. But it is it is pretty massive, you know, for Europe. And okay. unfortunately for England, they still have not won a a title. They did not win the European Championship, and their drought for bringing home uh, a trophy continues. By the way, you may uh, um, Fox Sports One will have coverage of the Gold Cup leading uh, all the way through the rest of July and August. So just wanted to pass that along. Now let's get to a different sort of football, George. The National Football League, as we were talking about. Interesting conversations happening on the Flying Coach podcast with Pete Schrager and Rams head coach Sean McVay as they had Kyle Shanahan, the San Francisco 49ers head coach, on the podcast recently. And the topic of the Rams acquisition of Matthew Stafford came up between the coaches. What did you think when you saw that we traded for Stafford? You don't want to get me started, dude. That was was frustrating. I was actually, I was in Cabo. I was watching it all. I had never studied Stafford that So wait, hard. you were actually in Cabo when you I were when we were down hotel. in Cabo? Oh, yeah. So you, yeah. At the wrong hotel, Cabo. So, hey, so, hey, I'm just glad he wasn't staying at El Dorado. <laughs> I, um, I remember looking through it because everyone was telling me it was a possibility. And Stafford's the man. 
I mean, I studied him hard coming out of college and you always yeah. just play against him. So you know how good he is, but to know he might be available and to spend two weeks really watching him, Sean. Yeah. He's better than I had realized. Interesting conversations with Kyle Shanahan and the way that he expanded his, his thought process from his original comments shed a lot of light on what they think of Jimmy Garoppolo. When he said it was frustrating, I would say, obviously, now your defense is going to have to go up against the much more potent Rams offense. That's where, when he first said frustrating, that's what I thought he was talking about. Then it took an entirely different twist when he said, obviously, studying him, studying him when he was in college, and then when we found out he's available, we studied him for two weeks. So they were frustrated that not only did he go to the Rams, but that they didn't get him, and that yep. says a lot about how they looked at one Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, dude. They were trying to find a way to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And that may be why the Tom Brady comment was probably not about Jimmy Garoppolo, the one on the uh, shop, because they were probably like uh, they had. He was like, you're keeping that guy. And no, they clearly tried to move on from him. They drafted a quarterback. They tried to get Matthew Stafford first, and then that, well, actually, they tried to get Tom Brady, then Matt Matthew Stafford this th- this year, or maybe actually it was the prior year, so it may have been Jimmy Garoppolo. But it, it, it's just very interesting to see how the team really views him because he has not displayed so far the most important ability in sports, and that's availability. So he's been he's been hurt. They are there are times where the playbook is limited because it doesn't seem like Kyle Shanahan really trusts him to sit back there and throw the ball on third and must pass situations. So that's got to be difficult and frustrating for him as well. Well, I, I'll I'll say this: what is even more of an indictment, and maybe John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan of the Forty ers were just doing their due diligence when it came to the fact that Matthew Stafford was going to be made available. And we had heard that he was going to be made available. He and the Lions had met and decided, yeah, it's going to part ways. So now you're wondering, man, where's Matthew Stafford going to go? 49ers doing their due diligence. But it's the comments of the frustrating part of, of them thinking like they he could have been their guy. That's one thing. To double down on this point, that the 49ers had also looked at Teddy Bridgewater this offseason. They'd also looked at Andy Dalton. They'd looked at Mitchell Trubisky. They had looked at Sam Darnold as possibilities this offseason. Tells you all you need to know about how they felt about Jimmy Garoppolo. And with all of that being said, and I know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan want to say Jimmy G is a part of this team, I actually think Trey Lance starts week one. I think Trey Lance will be their starting quarterback. When you look at who they have to play, what they feel about Jimmy Garoppolo and how they feel about him, the future is now in San Francisco. You open up against Detroit. You're at Philadelphia. You're home against Green Bay. You're home against Seattle. And then you're at Arizona. None of those teams have a defense that you could say, man, I don't know if if we should throw Trey Lance into the fire with. Those are all winnable football games against defenses that you can manage. You then have a bye, and then you face the Indianapolis Colts, which would be their first real test of the weekend, so to, of the season. So to not give Trey Lance reps prior to that bye week and throw him into the fire against the Colts, I think would be negligent. I think that Trey Lance is going to be their starter from week one. If you're looking at Andy Dalton 
or Teddy Bridgewater to come in or Mitchell Trubisky when you already have Jimmy Garoppolo tells you all you need to know about how they feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's why I think Trey Lance is going to be their week one starter. Yeah. The good thing about it is that I think that Kyle Shanahan is not going to do what Adam, I didn't mean Adam Gase, the uh, the uh, Bears, the uh, Bears head coach. Um, Matt Nagy? Yeah, Pat, Matt, Matt Nagy, where he said that Justin Fields was not going to be their week one starter. There was no way for him to supplant Andy Dalton. I didn't like that. I think that they're going to play who the best quarterback is, and there's no way to know that until you get into training camp. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Tall, tall daddy tweets in, the Gold Cup is the equivalent, uh, is the North and Central America equivalent of the Euro Championships. And then said that you should stop trying to explain something without understanding it. I swear, now Ryan Bershinger, you're our executive producer. George, you were listening to me talk. I swear yeah. I said that about three times. I believe you did, well, yes. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure <laughs> because maybe Tall Tall Daddy didn't hear it the first time or the second time or the third time. I just I wanted to make sure and I just wanted to clear my name to say like I think that this was that this was explained. To explain more about what's happening in the NFL and who they think the starter for San Francisco will be week one. Our good buddy Adam Kaplan joins us to talk pigskin next here on Fox Sports Sunday. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. 
I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday, he's George Reister, I'm Dan Beyer, talking Raiders, talking Niners, in essence, talking Rams. I mean, the NFC, the NFC West, again, is just a just a juggernaut. I, I mean, you wondered what Seattle was going to do, and they did upgrade, uh, bringing in a new offensive coordinator, but trying to upgrade their offensive line, trying to get Russell Wilson some more weapons. Then you have the 49ers getting healthy. You have the Rams upgrading with Matthew Stafford. The NFC West, George, just continues to not disappoint when it comes to top-tier football in the NFL. Oh, yeah, dude. They are consistent. Like, if you go into an NFC West matchup, you already know that you you better bring your hard hat, first of all. And the second thing is you better bring your coaching because you have elite head coaches in there. At least three of them are elite head coaches. And Pete Carroll is a Super Bowl champion and also a man who's visited the Super Bowl as well. Um, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, offensive genius, has been to the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach. And then you have the same thing with Sean McVay, who everybody thinks is a, is a really good football coach as well. Now, if you are Cliff Kingsbury, you're the guy that everybody is looking <laughs> at like, eh, one of these things is not like the other so far. So that doesn't mean that he can't do it. It's just we have not seen that so far. Let's uh, let's ask our good buddy Adam Kaplan. Of course, he's our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider and also the host of the Inside the Birds podcast. Adam joins us at this time every week. How much pressure is on Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona this season? Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I mean, you're looking at what his third season. Uh, they're clearly number four in that division. If you just look at kind of the, the setup now, I know the Niners had a bad season, but it's because of the COVID issue and injuries, and a lot of those players are back. You know, the Cardinals, they, they're bringing back a lot of players. It's just that um, you know, their defense wasn't quite as good as they wanted. Kyler Murray sometimes 
did not play as well as he needed to, though he definitely flashed. And Cliff Kingsbury and his offense certainly has had a, has had a success, but it just does not take the NFL by storm like most people thought it would. He's a very sharp guy, but I, he does make it need to take a jump. I, you know, I heard your conversation before I came on here. I would agree. It hasn't happened for Cliff Kingsbury yet. And you know, what's interesting about Cliff Kingsbury? If you go back in his career, he played for Bill Belichick. He was actually drafted by Belichick. Um, there was a belief that he would eventually be their offensive coordinator if Joshua Daniels became, became a head coach again. We're talking about years ago. Um, there, was a, there were some people in the league thought uh, that would be the guy to replace Josh as the OC. But uh, obviously things have worked out differently, and Josh is still there. Cliff is the head coach of the Cardinals in a division that you could make a legitimate case that don't want you to have a losing record, which would not be in the case of any other division. Yeah, um, if you're looking at the rest of the landscape of the of the NFL, particularly in the in the AFC, what what have you been hearing about expectations for teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, like the Miami Dolphins and with with, with Tua and with the quarterback situation over at New England? Yeah, look, let's go to Tua. Okay, let, let George, let's look at the Dolphins here. They, you have to give their front office credit. Uh, there's no question that when you look at what they did, they clearly wanted to help Tua Tungavailoa, their quarterback, who certainly was thrown to the, the, the pressure cooker, had some good moments, had some bad moments, was benched twice, would have been a third time against Buffalo had Ryan Fitzpatrick not be, been on the COVID list. So he's got to play better. They, they've loaded up. There's no team in the National Football League that is deeper at receiver they're so deep at receiver, Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson are long shots to make the football team. They, they opted out last season. Uh, right now, I mean, they're looking at best their, their sixth receiver. So Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller added. Fuller's so explosive, he's got to sit out one more game of a six-game suspension. Waddle's an absolute star in the making. Devontae Parker, who they're paying a lot of money, good football player. Uh, they've addressed their issues on the offensive line. They've gotten younger there. I mean, they're loaded. The, the only issue that they have is really at running back, where they don't really have a true lead back. Miles Gaskin would be the guy. But overall, look, that, that's a really good roster. I, I'm, Brian Flores has done a nice job here. It's just they, they've got to get things going here. Now, they're going to have the dual coordinators, by the way. I, I fully expect George Godsey to call the plays there. He's, he's done this before. But Tua's got to take a big step here. There's no question. There's pressure. When you, George, you brought up pressure. There's absolutely pressure on Tua here. Adam yeah. Kaplan. Oh, I'm sorry, Fox Sports no. Radio NFL Insider. Go ahead, George. Follow up. Yeah, I was going to ask how much pressure. Like, do you think that he's got a short leash, or do you think that it's just a lot of pressure because that they are believing in him and they've got so many weapons? Uh, kind of the latter, but the thing is, because they've helped him, their expectations are, are going to be higher than they were last season where they were just hoping to compete for a wild card spot. They they were you know, obviously went down late to late in the season there. Week seventeen, bad loss at Buffalo where they got blown out to it played poorly. But they look, they selected him. They had a chance to make a trade in the first round last year. They did not with Detroit. Uh, they took two of there, uh number five where they thought they needed to take him and I think when you look at his his body of work, now he's going to be the full time starter. We talked about this during the season last year. Uh, they don't have that Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a relief pitcher. They do have Jacoby Brissett, uh, who has started some games, not nearly as many as Fitzpatrick. And right now, it's 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 to his job. They want him to succeed. He'll be their starter this season. But if they don't make the playoffs, and he's a big reason why, look for them to draft someone next year or bring someone in to compete against them.
Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Get Adam on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. We, we've touched on a couple of NFL stories before you came on, Adam, and one of those was Derek Carr saying that the Raiders were three or four plays away from being an 11 or 12 win team. Both George and I say, I don't know how accurate that is, <laughs> but how good or bad are the Las Vegas Raiders entering 2021? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give you a couple things on Derek Carr. He's got two years left on his deal, no guaranteed money left. Uh, there's been no movement to extend his contract. I could tell you, I'm talking to the Raiders, they, this is, they think his best year coming off of his third year with, with uh, John Gruden, they thought he did, they did great together, and they're hoping to build on that. Their offense is not the problem. It's too many missed draft picks on defense. They don't have what I would call a blue-chip player on defense. They don't have one guy... We go, this guy's a difference maker. They have some nice players, and Gakwe now is on yet another team. Uh, been with, with, with Minnesota, Jaguars, of course. Baltimore now is fourth team in, in less than three years. That's not a good thing, but he's talented. They were involved in trying to acquire him last year, but they wound up backing out of it. Uh, they've spent a lot of money in free agency and then not got very good results at linebacker, got disastrous results last year at linebacker. They don't have a true cover corner here. We'll have to see here with Casey Hayward. He was cut by the Chargers. He's back with Gus Bradley. I just don't think, guys, if you look at it, based on talking to teams that played them last season and teams that evaluated the roster this year, this is a well-below-average team. I mean, that's just the way it is. Their defense does not have enough talent. They, now, we'll see with Gus Bradley coming in uh, if the defense is better. But you know, overall, the reason why they will not be a playoff team in the AFC is not their offense. Their offense has a chance to be fantastic. It's clearly a defense. Yeah, we were talking before you came on about before we got into the coaches in the NFC West, we were talking about who's going to start for San Francisco week one. Dan thinks it's going to be Trey, Trey Lance. And I think that that's a distinct possibility as well, considering how it outwardly appears that they feel about Jimmy Garoppolo being that they were potentially upset that they didn't get Stafford and then that they were kicking the tires on Tom Brady, and then they draft Trey, Trey Lance. What, what do you think ultimately happens? Listen, they, I felt this all along. If they could have gotten something good from, from another team on Garoppolo, they would have moved him. Uh, there was not any real interest in Jimmy Garoppolo, so they weren't going to move on from him because they knew they were going to draft a quarterback. I mean, the, the, one of the secret, they ended last season knowing internally, uh, I actually reported this back in February, that they were going to draft a quarterback in the first or second round. Didn't know they were going to trade up for Trey Lance. No one knew that. But Trey Lance is their their, their guy, no question. Uh, they have no thoughts of playing Trey Lance early in the season. I could just tell you if I'm talking to people I trust there. Uh, they want to get Lance acclimated to their offense here. This is... It's a different offense than he played in at, at North Dakota State, but I'll say this about Lance. He played in a pro-style offense. Uh, he played under center. Now, he's only st- he only started, what, 13 games in his career, only started one game last season. So that's a problem. He just hasn't played enough, and you don't want to rush him. But this guy is absolutely the future. Now, if Garoppolo could stave him off, if they have a bo- above 500 record at mid- midway point, there's a very distinct possibility he'll, he'll go past the midway point. I, it, Adam, Adam the, the case that I made why I like Trey Lance is, is just for not only to George's point about how they actually feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, but they open up with Detroit. They've got the team that you know the most in Philadelphia. Yeah. They've got Green Bay and Seattle, and then they've got a road game against Arizona, and it's 
it's not a murderer's row of defenses that you're facing, and then you go into your bye week and you have the Colts coming out of that. I just, I think that to me it sets up unless they're going to you know ride Jimmy G even further. I just don't, I don't understand the benefit if you know that Trey Lance is going to be the guy at some point. Why delay the inevitable, especially if that's how the season starts? It, it, out? It's more, it's more about Trey Lance. You, you do not want to rush him. You, now, for him to, to take the job week one, it's got to be very reminiscent of Russell Wilson in 2012. So I'll give you a little bit of an insight of what happened in 2012. They, remember, they, they acquired Matt Flynn to be their starter based on a couple of really monster games with the Packers. This is going back, this is going back nine mm-hmm. years ago. But anyway, their, their thought was going to OTAs, there was no question Matt Flynn was going to be the quarterback. They start seeing some good things from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, by mid-August, it, they were like, it's over. There was like... They didn't think there would be a competition, but things happened so quickly that he just took the job. So, sure, if Lance looks incredible in training camp, and by the way, we're going to have a preseason, three games. If a similar situation happens, they go, it's obvious, we just have to do the right thing, sure. Same thing, by the way, we didn't get to the Bears here, but with, with, with Fields, absolutely. The, the Bears, I just talked to them last week, they don't want to play Fields. They want to let him develop, but guess what? George knows this. If, if the quarterback plays well and it's obvious, the veterans know it. You can't lie to anybody. When, when, the, yeah. when the players know it, you've got to do the right thing. But right now, these teams, as we talk about them, are not looking to play these guys early on. Yeah, and my, my, my final question for you is, um, it, over in uh, – because we, we didn't get a chance to talk about New England. Yeah. And I just read an article about Cam Newton that said that his his shoulder had been hurt for for three years uh, i mean from what we saw last year and some of the low lights that people put on twitter from 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 camp i know i know you can't judge it from uh there but do you think that he opens up the season as the week one starter and how long is his leash yeah it's a good question he's the one where the, it's probably the hardest one to figure out because remember bill belichick had an opportunity to bench newton okay he played poorly after that seattle game where he's terrific in week one Things steadily went downhill for him. Now, the other part of it is, look, he came in really late. He was not there in the offseason even for the virtual meetings. So he had to learn the offense in August. It just wasn't fair to him. And he struggled. Let's call it like it is. He should have been benched much. He should have been benched. He wasn't benched. Now, he was not only injured report, as I know it, for the shoulder. So, I mean, I believe him if he says his shoulder was hurting, but he wasn't on the injury report for it. Now, if you saw how bad his yards per attempt was, you could make the case something might have been wrong with him physically. Now, this is another situation. They're not married to Cam Newton past the season. If Mac Jones, and by the way, I'm told by a Patriot source, he was terrific in terms of learning the offense. He did a good job with the timing part of it. If he has a great preseason training camp, that one would not surprise me at all if he's a week one starter. He's Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Find him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. He's also the host of the Inside the Birds podcast. Appreciate it, Adam. Talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up next, George, there is a really good chance that you could have a perfect score coming up and easy as one, two, three, four. But he may need the help of one Ryan Bershing or Don Brown or Ralph Irvin, who's at the news desk with the latest. What's going on, Ralph? Well, we had uh, quite an exciting day. Uh, In case you weren't aware, it was Euro 2020. The final from Wembley Stadium, Italy and England. England scored in the second minute. Italy equalized in the 68th, and then they went scoreless through the rest of the day, playing over 120 minutes. Finally, in penalty kicks, it was Italy with the 3-2 victory. 
the Italians win the European Championship. Now on the Major League Baseball scoreboard, some exciting finishes. Nick Castellanos, a two-run single for Cincinnati, lifts the Reds in the ninth inning past Milwaukee 3-1. Jorge Polanco, a three-run game-winning walk-off home run in the tenth inning, lifts Minnesota to a 12-9 win over Detroit. And Jose Altuve's game-winning walk-off three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth, capping a six-run ninth inning as Houston beats the New York Yankees 8-7. Right now on the field, San Francisco a 3-1 lead over Washington. Kirk Casale a three-run homer in that contest. The Angels have four one lead at Seattle. All four runs coming from David Fletcher. He's hit a home run and driven in two others. And that's a four run in the seventh inning. The Dodgers trailing at home to Arizona. The Diamondbacks up 2-1 in the seventh inning. Colorado leads San Diego 2-1. Also in the eighth as Major League Baseball wraps up the week before the All-Star break. And Novak Djokovic is your Wimbledon champion. His third straight Wimbledon title. His 20th career major. That ties Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. As we send it back now, it's Dan Beyer and George Reister. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Ralph, don't go anywhere because you will serve as a lifeline if George needs in today's game of easy as one, two, three, four. If we can, let's strike up the band. Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer, Don Brown, our technical producer, and Ralph Irvin will all serve as lifelines for George Reister if he needs them in George's quest to get a perfect score of 10 points. Um, George, I, I, yes? have a, I have a question but before we even get started. I don't know. Ralph, Irvin, um, who are your teams? Like, who are your teams and what's your sport? Okay, Ryan, who, 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 who are your teams and what is your sport? Uh, baseball is my main thing. Um, the Dodgers are, are, are my team. Yep. Baseball is my main thing. I can help with football. Don't, Basketball's third. Don't bury the lead, Bershinger. He's also the host of the Swing Shift podcast. That's right. Thank he you. and Bo Benson, where can they get that podcast, by the way? On uh, any sort of podcasting platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, what have you. There yep. it is. And go and ahead, ask Don. Don Don Brown. I don't want to know what, what sport Don knows. I know. Are you wearing your Jesus sandals with socks today is what I want to know. That's a negative. But yesterday they were on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those are your lifelines. Sorry Ralph. about that. No, no. We yeah. had to, I had to fix a little technical issue here. But uh, golf would be a number one. But uh, you name it, I've, I've got experience with it. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what's on the docket. I think eight and a half is the over-under today. So a score of nine or ten would be uh, good. I actually think ten could be in play. George, name one of two countries that have won the UEFA European Championship three times. So two countries have claimed the Euro Championship three times throughout history. I need one of the two. Okay. This. Okay, so I'm not a huge... Um, wait, the UEFA championship, right? Yes. Yep. Oh my God. Like, I guess I'm going to have to go with like, oh God, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Germany because I know that they win stuff a lot. So I'm going to go with Germany. This is 100% a guess. Okay. I, you don't, uh, want, you uh, don't I'm, use your lifeline to... Ger- Germany and Spain. N- none of them know soccer like like that. I actually am going to go Spain just just because I feel like that's safer. Okay, show me Spain. 
Yes, there it is. One for one. All right, there you go, George. Guess what? Germany also was an acceptable answer. Boom. Okay. Yeah, Germany and Spain, the only countries that have won the UEFA European Championship three times. I believe this is the second time that Italy has won the crown doing so today. As I mentioned earlier, England has not won. One for one so far, George. Now we move on to question number two. In advance of tonight's game three of the NBA Finals, name two of the three all-time leading scorers for the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. I'm going to go with, oh, my God. All right. It has to be. Oscar Robertson and I'm going to call Dan Beyer as my, as my <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what when oh, I right, was writing so, the question uh, I had an idea so, of who I thought it was and well, I was actually a bit surprised on when I saw the actual list well I'm, I'm thinking Kareem right that I, I think that that's an obvious one because he spent so long and actually won a championship there. He was there a long time before he came to the Lakers. So I'm going to go with Kareem one and oh my God. I mean, okay. I, I have to call a lifeline. I'm going to go with Ralph Irvin. All right. Well, I don't think it's going to be Oscar Robertson. He was there at the end of his career. So oh, true. Yep. Um, Boy, is there I, is there I, I, any I'm, chance it's Giannis? He's been there quite a while, and he scores and scores and scores. I think it's absolutely a real realistic one. I, I like uh, uh, Ray Allen also, but I'd probably go with Giannis. He's, he's got to be in the top career. three, like because I mean, Kareem, Kareem wasn't there that long. So, yeah, yeah, but Kareem's the all time leading scorer. No, but that's what I'm was saying. He wasn't that half long. of his career. But yeah, but if he was there almost half of his career, then probably half his points are there. Yeah, I'd say if if Kareem's on there, I would say Giannis is on there. So All right. I think that's a safe bet. All right, cool. There are the there are our final answers. All right. Show me Kareem Abdul Jabbar. There he is, atop the list, actually. Fourteen thousand two hundred and eleven points. He only spent six seasons in Milwaukee, but when you average 34.8 points per game what? and 31.7 points per game and 30 points per game. You're going to rack up points. So Kareem is number one. And for the second one, show me Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, 12,319 hey. points for Giannis. Puts him second on the list. Good guesses with uh, Ray Allen. He is in the top ten. Glenn Robinson, the big dog, is third at 12,010 really? points. I would have thought like Marcus Bucks. Johnson. I was thinking Marcus he's, Johnson. Yeah, he's or, seventh. Or Michael Red. Yeah, but, I actually thought I Michael sure Red was. how long he had been there. Yeah, Michael Red actually was was my one of my guesses, and he's fifth on the list. So Sidney Moncrief is fourth. Red oh, was just forty yes. points shy of Sidney Moncrief, play, but I didn't I didn't watch him play. So sure, but, but yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. Right now, you are off to a great start. Three for three and easy as one, two, three, four. George Reister, yes, a perfect game is still intact. So don't talk to him. Don't look at him. Just <laughs> mind your own business. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Some history was made today across the pond. I could give you a hint on what questions next here on Fox Sports Sunday. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday, he's George Reister, I'm Dan Byer, George, the NFL vet. 
Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Ralph Irvin's at the news desk. Show's executive producer is Ryan Bershinger. And technical producer today is Don Brown. They all serve as lifelines for George as we continue to play easy as one, two, three, four, as we do every Sunday on Fox Sports Sunday. George right now, three for three in his quest for a perfect score of 10. The over-under was eight and a half. That's, it's, it's. Seven and a half or eight and a half are usually the numbers that are set. So, George, you are expected to reach great heights in today's game. Are you ready for question number three? Yes. All right. Name three of four gentlemen with the most Wimbledon singles titles in the open era in their career. So, the gentleman singles champion at Wimbledon, who's won it the most in the (coughs) open era? Okay. I'm going to go with Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and then I'm going to call. uh, Actually, I'm. I'm. This I don't think either one of them is gonna know really. (laughs) So I'm gonna go with. Did you just insult them and laugh afterwards? Is that what just happened, George? (laughs) Like you guys aren't gonna know. Idiots. Was that what it was for, or do you think that you actually know this one and you may need the guys for the last one? No, no, I think I'm going to need them for okay. the last one. So uh, I'm going to – okay, so here, here's what I know. I got Federer for sure, and I'm trying to rem- – because I know that Rafael Nadal, he terrorizes the French Open, but not so mm-hmm. much on on the grass – and, and Djokovic has won a few, but not a – yeah, I'm going to go with Djokovic. And then I think that history is going to play into this as well. So I'm going to go – oh, God, I'm going to take a flyer on your, on, your, on your boy Pistol Pete Sampras. Okay, all right. Show me Roger Federer. There he is on top of the list. Eight Wimbledon championships. Show me Novak Eight. Djokovic. Yeah, I got a sixth today. So six. So two for two, and for the perfect game to remain intact, show me Pete Sampras. Yes, there it is. Pete Sampras had seven. Federer broke his mark uh, with the eighth, and then Djokovic gets number six today. Bjorn Borg was the other answer that we would take with five oh, Wimbledon titles. God, I would have I needed like five minutes to come sure. up with, with, with Let- Borg. I am curious, Don Brown, Ryan Bershinger, Ralph Irvin, would you guys been able to help him with the Sampras question? Would you? Negative. Negative. I, uh, I actually would have said both Sampras and Borg. So, I, oh, I'm wow. trying to brag here. I, I did think Borg. Good. Easy. Yeah, that was that was an ob- that was easy one. Yeah. Oh, Ralph, easy. Like, I that already on you, used George. Ralph. Hey, I, yeah, no, I would have. <laughs> I know. I would have called. No, no, no. If if I hadn't used Ralph already, I would have called Ralph. Sure. Because mm-hmm. because truthfully, uh, up up <laughs> update guys, they always have like all the information because they're constantly giving out so much useful information to, to people that over years and years they've stockpiled this stuff because they give out tidbits of information too. So, yes, a, he would have been very plus, trustworthy. Plus, I'm old enough to have watched Borg play. <laughs> oh, well, here we go. Final question. Perfect game still intact. The over-under, again, was 8.5, so if you get two or less, it's the under. If you get three or more, you hit the over, and if you get all four, it's a perfect game. Name four of five 
Baltimore Orioles, who have won the Major League Baseball All-Star Game MVP Award. As you can tell, all these questions are tied to events that are happening in sports. We have the Euro Championship, Bucks playing in the NBA Finals, and Wimbledon wrapping up. Well, Major League Baseball's All-Star Game is in Denver coming up on Tuesday on Fox. I need four of the five Orioles who have won the Major League Baseball All-Star Game MVP Award. Okay, I'm going to go with Kyle Ripken. Uh, Kyle Ripken? Kyle. Kyle Ripken. Okay. Kyle Ripken. I'm going to go with Murray, uh, the first baseman. Um, And from there, I'm going to call on Don Brown. What you got for your boy? What do you got, Don? Um, any Baltimore Orioles you got in the old uh, I can't holster? Say, yeah, I can't say that I know any Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, maybe you need to go with Bershinger, the baseball guy. Okay, M- Mr. Bershinger, what do you what do you got? So I would I would guess Frank Robinson. Um I feel like Miguel Tejada did it while he was with yes! the Orioles. Yes, he did. And, Shortstop. Yes. yes, that's a good guess. And I I, I'm I'm racking my brain because I feel like there was another Oriole that did it recently. I'm gonna keep keep uh, ruminating on that, but those are my two. Guesses okay, right so now. we got Tahada, Cal Ripken. I said Murray, but Eddie I'm Murray. not. Yeah, I'm I'm not. Know if I'm feeling that one. All right. Oh, and then uh, Ryan said Frank Robinson. Okay, I mean, and for time restraints, we are gonna need an answer. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with – I need four, right? So I got Ripken. Yep. Who else? Murray, Tejada, and Robinson were the names that were thrown out. So how about, okay, I'm going to take off Murray. and Actually, I'm going to have to go with Murray unless – who – oh, my God. He's a, he's a Hall of we, Famer. I can't we need an this. answer, George. All right, fine. Those All right. Are, those are my okay. four. I show me I got Ka- one wrong. Show me Cal Ripken, Jr., Yes, won it twice, 91 and 2001. Show me Frank Robinson. Won it in 1971. Show me Miguel Tejada. Won it in 2005. You've hit the over. Now for a perfect game. Is it Eddie Murray? Uh, No! Roberto Alomar and Brooks Robinson were the other Orioles who had won Major League Baseball All-Star Game MVPs. So close to perfection. Do the Bucs need to be perfect to win Game 3 tonight against Phoenix? We'll talk about it next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. An hour away from Game 3 of the NBA Finals, the scene shifts to Milwaukee. Bucks and Suns, Suns up 2-0, the best of seven matchup. George Reister feels the game is going to be uh, taking place in one fashion tonight. I believe it will be played out in a different fashion. We shall discuss Plus, in 20 minutes or so, Rick Buecher joins us, Fox Sports 1 NBA analyst and insider, to tell us to tell us what he thinks is going to happen in Game 3 and what exactly happened to Team USA yesterday against Nigeria. I fully admit, George, with that game, I did not see that game. Yesterday was a day for me because of the weekend that we had. We had the finals game tonight. It was more of the family day. Let's do stuff that we need to get done. So 
the USA-Nigeria game not even on my radar to watch. And then when I check social media, it's, hey, U.S. It's U.S. is down three points with, you know, 14 seconds left or whatever. Wait. And uh, so, yeah. It's Are crazy. you serious? This USA-Nigeria game in an uh, 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 Olympic exhibition was not on your <laughs> hey, no. calendar? Right? Are right. you kidding me? Yes, Don't I know. You, how could you miss a, 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 a tune-up exhibition oh. Olympic game when all of the players even in the Olympics aren't even there yet? Like how? Oh. And, and in a game that should have been a layup. Like I, you looked at the starting five and you're like, oh, okay, that's good enough to win. And the the interesting part, which is actually what I love about where we are in sports right right now, is that yes, America, we do have the best basketball players overall. If you if you add them all up, shake them up, put them in, we should win every single game. The thing I do love about losing is that is that in this case is that this is not for a medal. This is not for it doesn't count. Although it's embarrassing. Number one, it just means that the just how good basketball is getting globally that now we actually. So when you look at the NBA now, you can say, oh, the best players are playing in the NBA because they're coming from all over the world. People are developing all of that. And I actually like to see competitive games in these in these countries going against each other than just, you know, dream team 92 winning by a. 50 points every game. It was it was it was so new in 92 and to think of of Bird and Magic and Jordan all playing on the same team and you know in addition to the other superstars of Barkley and Ewing and Stockton, I mean and Drexler and those guys to think that all those guys were on one team you just you you never had that. You're right. Like it took a while to then after that newness where then the U.S. would dominate, and you're like, okay, well, it's the same old, same old. Then, like, in what, early 2000s, they ended up uh, losing, and they, they didn't medal, and it just kind of hit a low point. So you're like, all right, USA basketball needs to be back. And, yeah, then you, then their dominance is back. I, I agree with you that I think something like this, at least it gets your attention. And also, even with a Kevin Durant playing in, in that game, you don't have LeBron, you don't have Steph Curry, you don't have those guys. So it also lets you appreciate the greatness of those players as well. But I, I was it was not on the radar at all yesterday, and now maybe it will be a little bit more. Nigeria is now on the radar for what they – what they did to Team USA. That was, uh, that oh, was yeah. unexpected. Oh, yeah. They literally put a target on their back, and they're like, oh, you can't sleep on them. But the, this the, this reminds me of even the NCAA tournament and what you even see in college football now is that you can't just roll your helmets out or throw your jerseys on the court and win anymore. People aren't afraid. They're like, we've mm-hmm. played against some of you prior to this. I've played against you. I had success against you. You're just at a better school or a bigger program or something like that. But uh, when, when we play, I still think I'm going to the league. So uh, I'm not scared of you. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Do you, not, not being scared, but I'm just now in switching gears to the NBA Finals. 
the Bucks got 42-12 and 12 from Giannis in Game 2 in a loss where they lost to the Suns. Not talking about this series. Do you think Giannis's performance, though, is enough to change the narrative around him or develop a new narrative around him where he seemingly was a one-man show in Game 2? Do you think Giannis gets cut any slack going forward for his performances in the final on one leg so far? If he does the not obviously the the same stat line because forty two and twelve is is big time. Mm-hmm. If he goes thirty six and fourteen, yeah, it'll change a little bit of the narrative. He keeps performing like this while while he's hurt because then you're going to be pointing at Chris Middleton, you're going to be pointing at Drew Holiday, you're going to be pointing at Mike Budenholzer because if I'm the Suns. I'm happy with the way last game went with, with with Giannis because Giannis put up 42 points, but then he turned back into that point guard role. Like, I'm going to go get a bucket. It turned like horse blinders on to where I'm not even paying attention to my teammates at all. So if if I'm playing against him, I'm like, cool, fine. Let let Giannis get get fifty. If we can hold Chris Middleton to eleven and Drew Holiday to nothing as well, or a bad shooting day, then then then, then we win. No matter how many Giannis scores, I, I I agree with you on what the Suns would take. I don't think that's how it played out in Game Two, though, because the Bucks had an atrocious second quarter. And this is why I do think that the narrative for Giannis will somewhat change. Not not completely if they don't win an NBA title, because then you're looking at a guy who has never won an NBA title and you kind of forget on how they perform. But I think that you, to your point of the criticism coming to Middleton and Holiday, that will be fair. The Bucks only scored 16 points in that second quarter. And Giannis had 20 of his 42 in the third. So what I think ended up happening was Milwaukee and Giannis is basically like, all right, I need to take this bad boy over because we aren't doing anything in the first half, or at least in that second quarter. They played pretty even in the in the first quarter, but in the second quarter they were atrocious. They were not hitting shots, so it's not like like those guys weren't in rhythm. They had already like kind of not gotten into the rhythm, and Milwaukee had tried to make a concerted effort to get the ball in the paint early on, and Phoenix was just on fire shooting from threes, and it made it a close first quarter. Then the Bucks try to hit some of their outside shots in the second quarter, and they're not falling, and that's you know that's not Giannis's fault that they didn't get into a rhythm. I actually think he saved them and made it a game because of his twenty point third quarter. So I don't I don't think that Giannis took them out of the game. I think that Holiday and Middleton need to to have a brunt to you know share a load of that responsibility because if Giannis doesn't have that twenty point third third quarter, they are likely losing by twenty or more oh, yeah. with the way how, how sure. Phoenix shot the ball in game two. So yeah. I, I I think it changes a little bit with Giannis. Yeah, I, I like there comes a point where you're like, okay, a dude can only do so much. He's got to get some some help. But I think that 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 Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, if they don't have another good game, then they'll get a little bit of the criticism. But I think Mike Budenholzer is going to get the lion's share of it because if you can't get your other guys going, that means that your offense is stagnant. I mean, it was Giannis saving the day, like you said, in the third quarter to just even keep the game close. So then that 
reflects poorly on Budenholzer because it's like, okay, fine, get get some sets, get your guy some easy looks, all of all of all of this. And part of the other thing I thought was weird was that remember he decided I don't know whether it's Drew Holiday that decided this or whether it was uh, Coach Coach Bud. Drew Holiday picked up Chris Paul full court every single possession or Devin Booker whoever he was on and and, may, and harassed them up the court. That actually makes a player expend so much energy. I actually think that that's part of the reason he shot so poorly is that is that he was tired. Is that he's got to go play offense after expending all that defense and all that defense didn't do anything to Chris Paul and Devin Booker because they shot the ball well. Yeah, there, no, there is a balancing act on what you can do defensively and what you can do offensively. It's it's kind of like P.J. Tucker. Like, honestly, you expect P.J. Tucker to use 98% of his, let's just say, power, if you want to use a video game, on playing defense. And then the other 2% is maybe if he can hit a corner three. Like, like you, but that's what, like, P.J. Tucker is on the floor not for offensive purposes. He's on there for defensive purposes. With Holiday, yeah, maybe you got to balance it a little. Yeah, I, I mean, despite him being a first-team all-defensive player like he is, maybe more of that responsibility than of him being on defense and slowing Chris Ball, who, by the way, was a bit frustrated, did not have as good of a game two as he did of game one. Maybe that's where Holiday needs to be, but then you have to pick it up with then Chris Middleton's the one to pick it up. But I just I just think of the, the, the Giannis thing, and what ends up happening is when you don't see a player very much, and now he's on the on the biggest stage and, and the playoffs in the NBA final, the biggest stage, you get more of a sense of a player. And what have we seen from Giannis in the last two playoffs? Uh, you know, the Miami Heat packing the lane last year and him turning the ball over, the Bucks just being out of sync. So so that narrative starts to build. But now on the biggest stage for him to play like he has with a bum knee, and now everybody's seeing that, I do think it changes it. How long it's going to last, George, I don't know. I, I mean, if he doesn't win a title, that's still going to be over his head because he's a two-time MVP. But I just think in what happened in game two specifically, and also in game one when we didn't even know if he was going to play, I think the tide has turned a little on the criticism that Giannis take, or was taking. I think that people have more of an appreciation for what he's done in these first two oh, games. Oh, I NBA definitely finals. I definitely appreciated him more. I was like, and, and I'm a guy who likes Giannis. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. I was like, this is this is pretty damn impressive. And, and the thing I like about him the most, Dan, is that he just has a bunch of DGF in him. It, mm-hmm. it, he he doesn't care whether he misses a free throw and then he airballs it and then the crowd is booing and and laughing. He's like, nope, I'm gonna go right back up. I'm gonna go to the hole again. I'm gonna continue to shoot free throws. Like he doesn't get that Ben what Ben Simmons did this playoffs where he got mentally broken. It doesn't matter what happens bad or what doesn't go right. There's no breaking Giannis mentally. I think that I think that the chance of the counting of the the numbers has helped him in in shooting the free throws because now you have like a, a tempo. Yeah, you know, like okay, when I'm at eight, I can start my process and nine and ten, and then follow through at eleven or or twelve. But it had, I mean, you know, he was eleven of eighteen. Not that that's great, but it could be a lot better than what you know 
four of 18 or just an atrocious night that you could have at the line. And it's been that way. I think recently where he has shot better with that count. He's, he's uh, maybe sped it up a little with some people have felt that he's done, but I actually think it just allows him a little bit more tempo, kind of like in the golf swing. When, when you think about that, think about it that way. I think the counting has actually helped Giannis, especially with the Phoenix fans doing it in such a nice, smooth cadence. A one, two, three, Four, and then he kind of gets into it. I think it's helped a little bit. It won't matter tonight because the Bucks fans won't be counting when Giannis is at the free throw line. His game three is at five serve for him in so, Milwaukee. So if so if he shoots the ball poorly from the free throw line in this game, w- you may be on to something. <laughs> Let's we'll watch it. We'll see. I think home rims will help. I think that yeah, uh, he was he was eleven for eighteen. I think last game, if he shoots worse than eleven for eighteen, because he's going to get eighteen free throws again. So yeah, so especially it, tonight. Yeah. Oh, oh, with the, with with the Scott Foster, Chris <laughs> Paul might fall out in the first half. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's the Scott Foster factor. George will be watching. So will everyone else. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, how much of a factor will Scott Foster play in tonight's Game 3? We'll discuss next here on Fox Sports Radio. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. This is Colin Coward from the Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over one hundred and fifty million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Game three of the NBA Finals coming up at the top of the hour. It's game three of Milwaukee. Suns up 2-0. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Joining us now to talk about game three of the NBA Finals and what we could expect, Fox Sports 1 NBA Insider. And heck, our Fox Sports Radio NBA Insider, Rick Buecher, joins the program. Hey, Rick, happy Sunday. How are you? I am doing well. We've got had some uh, amazing soccer matches today. We got the uh, Bucks and the Suns coming up. So, uh, what's not to like about this Sunday? Well, I'll tell you what. George Reister has been salivating. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set it up for George for you, Rick, about tonight's game three and what okay. he loves with the juicy details. Go ahead, George. Tell Rick why you're excited about tonight. Well, because because we have Scott Foster on the on the call, so oh, so that it should me, be two, it, it, as the series two one after this, right? Exactly. You, it, it's a foregone conclusion. But but the question is, did Chris Paul actually break the curse in the series against the Clippers? Because even though Chris Paul didn't play, the Suns still won with Scott Foster refing. So that's my question for you, Rick. Is that no, no. is is it broken, or does Chris Paul actually have to play in the game for the Scott Foster curse to potentially be broken? Oh, hell yeah, he has to play. And in fact, Scott Foster, knowing that the Suns won, even though Chris Paul didn't play, is probably going to double down and make sure that uh, <laughs> the streak stays alive. No, I, I will say this. I, you know, I, I hate when these things are uh, come up because it, it, it feeds into conspiracy theories. And I know Scott pretty well. I know the referees. Uh, I know most of the referees really well. And um, had a chance to, to, to ref in the D League uh, on, a, on a short stint for a story. So I know what goes into the job, and I know the idea that they have, you know, particular uh, vendettas or any of that is, is the, the, the job is just too hard to keep track of that. Um, and these guys' integrity is too great. But that said, uh, you know, I hate when something like this comes up because it does create this. You know, in, in some ways, it creates a pressure on Scott Foster. Like, how does he how does he officiate the game, knowing that everybody's going to judge every call he makes based on the preconceived notion 
that he's got it out for Chris Paul in particular and the Suns in general when Chris Paul is playing for them. Rick Buecher joining us here. Do you think the two other officials on the court know it? Oh, yeah, everybody knows it. Sure. I mean, look. But, they, but you, know uh, what I, you know what I mean, though, Rick? Like, I mean, like, yeah. do, do, are they affected at all by it? Uh, I, I don't know how they could be affected by it other than, as with any teammate, they're probably supportive of Scott, you know, if there's ever a call. Because, uh, look, I'm sure, I, I guarantee you this, Scott is going back and he's double-checking every call to say, did I, did I get that right? Like, am I, am I somehow – because here's the thing. So now you start fighting against – Am I calling it to show that um, I'm not going to be intimidated from calling it the way I see it? Or am I going to go, you know, how do I balance it? How do I, how do I not keep it out of my mind that people are judging me on those calls? Because I, I can tell you, like way back in the day, and this is before there was so much scrutiny of the referees. Um, B.J. Armstrong told me there was a particular referee who uh, – he, he went up to before the game and said, you know what I like about you? Uh, I, I like the fact that when you're not afraid to make that tough call, that tough charge call on the home team uh, in, in a tough situation. And at some point in the game, there was that exact play. The ref made the call, and he looked over at BJ, and he winked. So <laughs> – Guys are aware, like they're aware of of all that's going on around them and what is being said. And um, but I just think today that there's so much scrutiny. It is, it, I mean, we're in a different day and age. It's it's with everything, you know, the the video, the breakdown, the statistics they keep on referees, every single thing uh, that any guy is trying to partic- uh, specifically manipulate uh, the game against a particular opponent. It just it's it it. it it's not possible, and the gamblers and the betting. Now that that's a big part of it, they would they would have a big issue with it as well. I'm I'm wondering about the Milwaukee Bucks and their situation. Rick is hmm. is there? And and I know that you like Coach Coach Bud, all of, all of that. But I'm wondering is Wait a minute. They, are you saying I like Coach Bud? Bud, yeah, yeah, that that I'm wondering if he is potentially coaching for his job if they do get swept. I believe that he is. Now, I don't have that on any authority from anyone yeah. in the Bucks. Uh, because I think Bucks. so, too. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it has been uh, – look, comparisons are always unfair, but you look at what Monty Williams has done, you look at what Ty Lue has done, and – uh, I, 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 in particular, just felt like Mike has not made adjustments. I mean, I, 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 I don't know why P.J. Tucker is playing 35 minutes a game when he's giving you one rebound, one defensive rebound. Uh, at the end of game two, when you're behind, you have Pat Connaughton, who's not hitting threes, and you have P.J. Tucker on the floor. That's two guys who can't score, and you have Bobby Portis and you have Bryn Forbes on the bench. And, and Bobby Fortis, like, played less than five minutes. And I went back and watched uh, the five minutes that he played twice, trying to figure out why he only played five minutes. And it wasn't because of anything he did in that five minutes. I mean, he, he uh, offensive rebound, put back, uh, defensively got after it. The last play he made was diving out of bounds, trying to save a loose ball. So 
I do not understand the rotations and, uh, and, and the lack of adjustments that I don't even understand why they started the series with PJ Tucker on Chris Paul. They changed to, to Drew Holiday in the second game, which I thought was the right move. But I feel like Bobby Portis should be getting PJ Tucker's minutes. He did play Brooke Lopez more uh, in game two. But in general, the adjustments have been very slow. And I don't want to judge just off of one comment, one clip. But when I saw the clip of him saying, play fast, play random, have fun, that random really shook me, man. You're <laughs> like, random? What, the, what, the, what, the what should finals. be random? Like, yes, let, don't give me random. Give me precision. Give, give me closeout on threes. Because um, the fact of the matter is, Phoenix made 20 of 43s in, in game two. And they're not, they're good, but they're not a great three point shooting team. That's, that's nine, eight, nine more threes than they've averaged per game in the playoffs. And uh, like, if you're, there's just no way that the team shoots 50% from three if you're, if you're closing out and you're running them off the three point line. So that's, that's what's been missing for me, and it's why, yeah, it, it sounds strange, but we, hey, we've seen coaches have 50-win seasons and go to the playoffs and get fired um, multiple Dwayne Casey. <laughs> Dwayne, yep. Dwayne Casey. Casey. But, but, but I wanted to add, you, you brought up a point about that play, play random thing. And the, yep. and, the, and the thing that stuck out to me was in the post game when they showed the locker room, he was like, we got better today. We got better today. And, that, and yep. sitting in locker rooms, that felt like a time that a coach came in and he said something and nobody believed him. Yeah. Well, it, it's hard to judge any and all of that based on what else is going on with the team. Um, but – so I don't, again, like for the same reason that I don't want to take, make too much. I want to point out the random, but I don't want to make too much of any one thing. But they look like a team that is not held accountable enough. And after, again, I'll go back to this again. There was not enough effort or energy. And those are things that can be controlled by the players. We can get into the X's and O's and the matchups and all that, but... I thought that game two, much of what was lost in game two, and much of what the, the losses that the Bucks have had throughout the playoffs have simply been a lack of attention to detail and effort and energy. And I don't want to hear coach, a coach saying we got better after, <laughs> after a team hasn't given me enough effort and energy. That's not the message that I think needs to be sent. Uh, uh, sent. So uh, just as an outsider looking at that situation – to me, at no point, um, if I were the coach, would I feel like, hey, guys, we got better. I would, it would be like, hey, guys, we need to play harder. Rick Buecher joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Not to make this all about the Bucks, but George and I were talking about Giannis a little while ago and mm. how his first two games of the series, I don't know if it forever changes part of the narrative around him, but I think it's altered it. Do you get that sense for the performances that he's put up following the, the knee injury against the Hawks? It has for me, especially game two. Uh, the, the five for seven from mid-range, the demanding the ball, the demanding from his uh, teammates in the, in the huddle, 
the uh, the continual attack of the rim to get fouled and go to the free throw line. Like those are all things that I saw glimpses of this season. And I'm sure I've been on with you guys uh, at some point and talked about how this is the first year that I voted for Giannis Antetokounmpo or put Giannis at the top of my MVP ballot for the very reason that we, what we saw in game two, I saw at various times during the season in big games. And that's what I needed to see to believe that he was a true MVP. And now we're seeing it in the postseason. And, and we've just never seen it as clearly as we saw in game two. So yes, I like, I was never, I wasn't convinced that Giannis could be the driving force of a championship team prior to this. Uh, I don't know that he's going to win a championship this year. I don't put it out of the realm of possibility that he still could, but I am confident now that he will win a championship at this point because he can only get better, and he's showing me a fearlessness that people who coached him previously, Jason Kidd, Joe Prunny, those guys told me, they said, hey, look, this guy's not afraid of the big moment. He's just got to learn how to execute in it. And I was like, okay, well, I, I need to see it. And I, yeah. feel like, I feel like I've seen it. I've, like, that, just that, that, that fearlessness of, oh, you're going to give me the mid-range? I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to knock it down. Oh, I, I'm, I know I'm going to get fouled here. I'm going to go up strong with it anyway just so I can get to the free throw line. And make or miss, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get you into foul trouble. And I'm confident that eventually these are going to fall. I saw all of that in game two, and that's what I needed to see. Yeah, and now that we've seen game game two and we've talked about the Bucks, how about over on the Phoenix Suns side? Because, you know, it, it, it seems like that there was a three-headed race for the MVP if the Suns won and then mm-hmm. De- DeAndre Ayton had a poor shooting game in game two. So I think he's out at least for, for right now. And yeah. and I think that one game one went to Booker. I'm sorry, went to Chris Paul. Game two went to Booker. Who do you think uh, has the edge in the finals MVP and who ultimately wins it if the Suns win? I think Chris Paul has the sentimental edge. So if it's close, I'm going to give it to him. Now, which way it's going to go, I mean – Booker is going to have this – is, this is what I kind of don't – well, I'm not even going to say kind of. This is what I don't like about the MVP, the finals MVP voting, is that it's going to come down to statistics. And so for Chris Paul to win, he's going to have to score enough in order to balance out Booker, who I assume is going to have big number scoring. And Chris Paul is going to have the assist. He's going to have he's going to have a few other things, um, and it's and I, I guarantee you that at the end, because this is how you know it's, I've just seen it happen time and time again. Uh, it is going to come down to what do the average box scores say? For me, um, unless Booker just goes nuclear, and Chris Paul is terrible. Chris Paul is the driving force of this team. Um, everything that Devin Booker gets is in large part off of what Chris Paul has created with everybody else. Um, Devin Booker gets his. Chris Paul gets his, and he gets some of it for Booker, gets some of it for Aiton, uh, some of it for Mikhail Bridges. I, I just I don't think you can 
it, when it comes to intangibles, doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. I just feel as if this team is not nearly the same if you take Chris Paul out of the equation simply because of his leadership. And even even Devin Booker has grown as a leader. He's grown as a leader because he's played next to Chris Paul for a year. There's just no doubt in my mind that that's that, he, that he's he's picked up on that. And good on Devin for doing it. But for me, Chris Paul is the fire starter to all this. Feels a bit like Super Bowl MVP when it comes to quarterbacks as well, maybe playing that same role. All right, before yep. we let you go, Rick, four hours from now, where are we in this series? Oh, uh, I would expect 2-1. I, I just I feel as if the Bucks have not come close to playing their best. Uh, they're playing on their home floor. I would expect that that's going to give them the energy and the effort that we've seen missing in games one and games two. Uh, they've played well and answered the bell every time their back has been against the wall and the Suns have been good I don't my question is how much better can they play and while both of those first two games were double digit losses they were very much in the balance with like five six minutes left and the Bucks would just have a, a quick shot in the miss and the Suns would score or they'd have a turnover or they'd have a lapse in a defensive rotation and that pressure that they were putting on the Suns simply didn't come to the fore. I, I would just expect that it's going to be different, and we're going to be 2-1 after Game 3. FS1 NBA insider Rick Buecher. Get him on Twitter, at Rick Buecher. Rick, we appreciate the time so much. Enjoy Game 3 tonight. We'll do it again soon. You guys do the same, and uh, get those Nigerian uh, jerseys now. They're, they're selling like hotcakes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we didn't even get to that. We were so wrapped up in the finals. Very good point. Thanks, Rick. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. It's a big week for Major League Baseball, or is it? We'll talk about that after Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's going on on this Sunday. What's happening, Ralph? Well, just two games before the All-Star break begins. They are in the ninth inning in both. The Angels with a 7-1 lead at Seattle trying to close out the Mariners while the Dodgers put together a three-run eighth inning capped by Chris Taylor's RBI single. And they're tied with Arizona now. Locked at four in the top of the ninth inning. Final in is Colorado's won three of their last four games. They beat San Diego 3-1. San Francisco's won four straight. They were 3-1 winners over Washington. Major League Baseball draft going on right now. Pittsburgh with the top overall pick took Louisville catcher Henry Davis. Texas is number two. Took Vanderbilt pitcher Jack Leiter. At number three was high school pitcher out of Oklahoma, Jackson Job going to Detroit. And then Boston at number four, taking Marcelo Mayer, a high school infielder from San Diego. At Euro 2020, Italy is your champion, a 3-2 winner in penalty kicks. And Novak Djokovic claims the Wimbledon title, his third straight, his sixth all-time, and his 20th career major. That ties Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer for the most all time. And at the PGA Tour John Deere Classic, Lucas Glover is your winner at 19 under par. He wins by two. We send it back now. It is Dan Byer and George Reister. Thanks a lot, Ralph. My favorite thing about Lucas Glover is he doesn't wear a glove. So, yeah, George, no, uh, no glove for Lucas Glover. You would think that the marketing possibilities would be endless, but right? he's one of the very few who does not wear a golf glove. That course. is insane, dude. That that if there is some sort of new technology, golf glove that comes out, like something that's the anti-glove <laughs> that that works the same way as the glove, 
like on your grip or something, then then that may be where he should go because obviously Glover and Glove, the, there's so it many possibilities like a glove. there. Yeah, yeah. it yeah, does. It's, yep, it's perfect. Yep. But or maybe it's just too too on the nose too. <laughs> too easy, low hanging fruit. Yep. Baseball's All Star Game takes place on Tuesday in Denver, Colorado. And yesterday there were eleven replacements named. Now. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr., a devastating knee injury yesterday, lost for the season. Obviously, he was replaced uh, replaced by Manny Machado. There's guys who pitch on Sunday that aren't going to be able to throw on Tuesday, so replacements are found for those. And then you have other people who just aren't taking part in the game, like uh, Jacob deGrom or maybe more notably uh, Jose Altuve of the Houston Astros, Carlos Correa saying that he's going to take time to spend with his pregnant wife, which I, I with a newborn, okay. I, I look, that it may be the perfect excuse but I'm just saying I I am not okay, going to throw Jacob, shade at that. But yeah, the, a lot he, of names he, missing. He came up with something that that everybody could be like, oh, okay, well, 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 that's a good point. Um, but but Jacob Degrom, he's been kind of dealing with injuries all season. That makes sense. But Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, they didn't want to face the music. They didn't want to be booed. They, I'm. That's my firm but belief that they did that they took this opportunity to uh to 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 not be booed by the by the fans one and and also they needed some additional time to figure out a new scheme for this postseason. Oh, I'll say this. I think they've gotten booed wherever they've gone. I think they've already dealt with that. Yeah, maybe you don't want it on a national stage, but what can you do? I think it was more about the players in the clubhouse about the other guys from the other team that maybe they just didn't want to deal with it. Yep. And, and that they were that's have to be around some Dodgers fan players, they were going to have to be around uh other uh, other players and sure. and also they you know this is prime time where they can kind of be secretive and and come up with uh some new wearables or their new version of the trash can for 2021 for the postseason break it out. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. A lot of new All-Stars, 41st-time All-Stars, uh, going to make their debut in Denver on Tuesday night in the game. Again, you can see on Fox, Home Run Derby taking place tomorrow, and really it's just going to be Shohei Otani Fest. That's what you've got in the Mile High City. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Game three predictions and how it plays out tonight in Milwaukee, that next year on Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can get George on Twitter at George Reister. Game three of the NBA Finals tipping off just after the top of the hour. Suns go to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. All right, how does it play out tonight, George Reister? Mm, I think that the Bucks either come out and fight really, really hard, right? But I, I know that Giannis will, but I'm saying like fight hard in terms of play well. Um, I think that they will either come out and play really, really well and make it a close game and then win a close one, or they're going to get their doors blown off. I, I don't, I don't think that there's a whole lot in in between. Because and, and by by getting their doors blown off, I mean what's what's happened. The last two games, would you would you say that the last two games in the second half that even though Milwaukee pulled it within like single digits on both, that it wasn't particularly close in, in the second halves? 
I, I don't think that there was a legitimate threat. I, I think yeah. that Milwaukee hung around. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, but it, but it, but you never felt like oh they're they're close to over the hump. It just wasn't yeah, correct. Yeah, and and that and that's what I mean by their doors being blown off. It's because they lost by thirteen in game one. They lost by ten in game two. Phoenix scored one eighteen in both of those games, I think that you could be looking at a similar score in game three where it's not particularly close or, or threatened. Or I think that the, the Milwaukee Bucks win a close one, but by like six, seven points where they're kind of d- dominating in that same way. George, this is how I think it goes down. Game one in Phoenix was just not in the cards of the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. They had a short rest after winning the Eastern Conference Finals. Plane trips from Atlanta to Milwaukee, Milwaukee to Phoenix, and then you went up against a well-rested Phoenix Suns team. Game one was not in the cards despite a double-double from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Game two, I was sure things were going to turn around for Milwaukee, and Giannis had 42 points and 12 rebounds, only to have his team let him down in a 10-point loss that, yes, yeah, saw the Bucks push in the fourth quarter, but not get close enough to Phoenix that allowed the Suns to get that 2-0 lead. But now, George, now the scene shifts from Phoenix to the Brew City, the cream city of Milwaukee. Game three and five serve for him tonight where the Bucks will have the fans on their side. The 50% shooting on 40 attempts from three from the Phoenix Suns will not occur in game three. Expect Bobby Portis to bring the energy off the bench tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Expect Chris Middleton to get off the schneid and make three after three after three. Expect Holiday to do his stuff on O and on D. Expect Brooke Lopez to open up Splash Mountain. And then expect the two-time MVP on one leg, one leg only, <laughs> to carry his team to victory. Bucks tonight on the shoulders of Giannis and Tedekumpo. Get game three against the Phoenix Suns. There it is. Um, I never in my lifetime thought that we would have an NBA Finals game in Milwaukee. And in a matter of minutes, George, it is about to happen. I have three words for you. What's that? Suns in four. No. <laughs> no hey, way. So, hey, hey, hey can, we, can, can I get a bottle of wine bet on, the, on this game three no. since you gave that impassioned speech? Hey, I, I did that. I did that from the heart. There is there is no there is no wager that would would end up being able to interfere with my passion for tonight. I told you, George, I'm not going to bet on that, any, that doesn't give that anything. doesn't interrupt your passion if you're betting on the team that you just proclaimed no. that was going to win. You just screamed from the mountaintops like you like you had tablets of 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 written in stone you know what i mean like that that you were like you just screamed from the rafters about this with with confidence brimming from every orifice like how can you not bet on the game after that no because it is not about a bottle of wine or a delicious 
uh, cut of steak. It is about your team playing in an NBA Finals game in their home arena. That's what tonight is all about, and that's what Game 3 is all about tonight, George. Okay, so you'll get a text from me about 7.45. Well, you're blocked from my phone, so it won't go through. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, it's going to be exciting. I can't believe that there's actually Finals banners and logos inside the Bucks' home arena. If only it was the Bradley Center. Uh, Enjoy enjoy Game 3 tonight, George. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Radio. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.